you know, you open up to them, they open up to you, you both learn and get better. And there's not a lot of other people I feel besides your competitor who understands the exact situation you're in. Are you tapping into the power of community? Why not? Join us for Let's Talk Community, where George and his guests discuss the communities they belong to and how they've tapped the power. We all have communities we belong to, and we can easily tap into them to grow our business, advance our careers, make changes in our personal lives, and of course, in our relationships. Join us. You might learn something. Hello, everyone. This is George Diaz, and I'm bringing you another episode of Let's Talk Community. And I am doing very well. Thanks for having me, George. This episode, I have a real treat for me anyway. Uh, I've got Micah Mitchell as my guest. Micah, how are you? Now, I have to share with everyone why this is a big privilege for me. So if I go back to the spring of 2011, I had just incorporated my Larry Jacob business. And I was just trying to figure out how do I do a side hustle to make a little bit extra money. And I flew out to Phoenix, basically, on a very shoestring budget because I was kind of broke. And I attended InfusionCon, was what it was called at the time. And this was the yearly user meeting or user convention that Infusionsoft used to run. And I saw this guy on stage. Um, he still looks young. Back then, he's probably mid-20s. I was not even quite 50. And here's this young guy telling me about WordPress and this membership site thing that he was doing. And I didn't quite understand the whole membership site thing, but I, he said, if you're not on WordPress, you're, you're in trouble. You really need to get on it. And that was really the beginning yeah. of me kind of learning more. And then I joined a mastermind that him and Bob Britton and Grant, was it Grant James? These guys. And that mastermind blew me away. And from a community standpoint, it was a huge community for me. Um, and I figured it'd be <laughs> yeah, a great addition right. to what it is that we have. So um, probably a tough introduction to live into, right, Micah? Uh, so, Micah, why don't you share, because I mean, most people, unless you're, you've been, even if you're a keeper, an Infusionsoft user now, and you don't have a history, you probably don't understand. Yeah, so- they, you know, when we talk about the keep the and infusion really community, they had were, obviously were their employees, but infancy, then right? outside of the company, you know, there was people like you and me who were users and there were people who were partners in different things. And they somehow had always just done such a good job of that. So much better that I feel than all of their competitors and the people around them. They just always had user events, um, partner events and things like that, where, you know, that's how you and I meant and you were or met and you and I were just mentioning another friend, mutual friend who had given you the microphone you're talking on now and just just people who became genuine friends, not just business associates. So it's a really cool community. Yeah, and, and here's the thing. When, when I showed up, now I come, I mean, I got a computer science background. I worked for IBM, Compact Computers when they were a thing. Um, did a lot of work as a Microsoft partner. And I remember going to the Infusionsoft conference, figuring it was probably going to be a bunch of geeks, uh, people who were very technical. And from my experience, people who are going to keep their cards really tight to the chest because we saw each other as competitors and threats to our business. And nothing could have been more yeah, different. Yeah, it is weird that you mentioned that because when I think about it, 
just so many of the people there which are to me was just an incredible breath right? of fresh air um, yeah yeah everyone's really generous and friendly it's a cool community no, no, no we we are all competitors yet people are just like oh here's how i do it uh, yeah, yeah. I, as a matter of fact i I remember being in a conversation with you and the lady that runs Access Ally, who you guys are pretty much direct head-to-head -head competitors. And I remember watching you guys talking, you guys were sharing what I would have considered serious, you know, intellectual property secrets, intellectual secrets. And you, you guys know, were going, I wonder no, how much of like that this. comes no, from, like that. for example, going, with her, with this Natalie, is just so the WordPress space being kind of open source and the WordPress community also being big, because we're talking about Keep. And then you add on WordPress, they both have a like a community feel where WordPress even has an open source feel. And especially, it's interesting you mentioned that with competitors, because I've always talked to all my competitors really openly. Yeah. And it's not that I'm trying to hurt myself by talking to them, but it's more like, you know, you open up to them, they open up to you, you both learn and get better. And there's not a lot of other, you know, you open up to them, they open up to you, you both learn and get better. And there's not a lot of other people I feel besides your competitor who understands the exact situation you're in people, I feel besides your competitor who understands the exact situation you're in, you know, they really get where you are. And so you, you have a connection with that person, I feel, um, and they're all really cool and friendly. I've never met one who's, you know, withholding or rude or that sort of thing. Right. And, and, and again, as I start looking at my business, when I, you know, I was in uh, the, Mark, the mag group, and it's not MAGA, it's the MAGA <laughs> marketing automation group. And um, that to me really, and as a matter of fact, I have an episode where I talked about how that challenged me as a business owner, because you had this community of people that were there to support you. Um, and um, you were running with the first company you were with doing uh, membership sites. And you, I remember you drilling me going, George, you know, websites learn this because this is really growing and it's going to be a thing. And I think I blew you off a number of times, but you were persistent enough. And then because I had a mutual customer with David Bullock, mm -hmm. this is way before you guys formed this company. Um, that was another real synergistic because he was doing one part of a project. I was doing another and then he said, hey, there's this new thing called Memberium that the customer wants us to use. And I'm going, dude, I just, I'm cool as long as, you know, someone teaches me and I'm also kind of being reimbursed for double work and things. And that was another way to kick off the relationship we now have with Memberium. Yeah. So um, for those listening who don't know Memberium, that's a company David Bullock and I founded, and you were one of our I think first certified partners and you've been a certified partner forever. Yeah. Melanie Moore will stress the fact that she was the first one. So I'm <laughs> the second one. Cause I think she beat me by a week or two. <laughs> well, uh, among that first group is, is just people like, yeah, you Melody, just friends. And it's funny. Cause I've never, you know, I've, I've recognized the community aspect, but as you and I are talking more deeply about it in that space, it is pretty unique because I've gone out to um, a few other similar companies. And, and like you alluded to this with tech people, sometimes they're a little bit protective of their information. And yeah, it is really different. It's like, you can still learn there um, and people are nice, but they're, they're a little bit guarded. Um, so you don't get as deep and, and the friendships don't grow as quickly. You can still make them, but it's, 
it's interesting in the Infusionsoft community also to see new people come into it and just how immediately adopted they are. Um, I have a guy, Ben, and I took him to Icon just this past fall. And it was so funny because it took no time for everybody to just start harassing him and, and giving him crap and making fun of him in, in a good way, like being a, sure, you, sure. Know, you know, they just feel like, oh, he's one of us automatically. Um, and it, I think it has that vibe for everybody, you know? Yeah. And, and by the way, that continues because I saw Ben and he was with Tracy, who's, um, you know, now I guess intimately involved with Memberium. He's the guy behind Wishlist member. And when he walked into the conference, you know, back in April, Ben introduces him. Hey, he's someone who just joined the company. And I assumed he was just like another marketing guy or something. Come to find out he's the guy who founded Wishlist member, which to me meant tons because I've been in this membership space now long enough to know that they were one of the pioneers in the space. And so he was just so friendly and one-on-one until someone later told me, hey, you probably want to talk to him because he's got some stuff you might want to learn about. Yeah, it's interesting because Tracy, um, like you mentioned, he's the, he's the guy. So I just bought Wishlist member from him. Um, and he's come on board for a while to just help with with strategic partnerships. And I don't know how much he'll be able to help you know, on the Memberium side or how much Dave will want him to help on that side or not. But uh, I love having him on the team because his network is crazy. Talk about community. He knows like the who's who of every internet marketer and he's known him for 20 years or more. Um, so it's, I, I think it's kind of the internet marketing community, maybe, you know, more so than other tech communities. Cause I feel like traffic and conversion, Ryan Dice and those guys, they have a, a really great community as well. Yeah. Um, and, and Russell Brunson, there's a few of them who've, I think they understand the idea of, you know, tribes, whatever the buzzword is, but, but just getting like-minded people together who once they all meet each other and they realize like, Hey, we have the same profession. You, you can support me. I can support you. Um, nobody else. I, th- I think one of the keys is nobody else understands them as well. Right. And that's, they don't get that at home necessarily. They love their family, but they don't get to dive into some of those subjects like they do. Um, I've missed a few years here and there going to some of those events and, whenever I've missed, I felt, you know, like, Oh, I am missing out on something. I miss my friends. But then when I go back, it's like, you know, it was just yesterday that I saw him last. So it's really cool. Yeah, no, no, I'm, I'm with you. I'm with you. Uh, now the, uh, when I go back to a lot of the people that were in our original mastermind, it's interesting how we've all kind of stayed in touch. We were right before we were calling, but we started the call. Micah references Yeti Mike, and I told him about my Yeti Mike because Tony, one of the guys that was in the group, he just mailed me a microphone because I do a lot of recordings, and he was tired of watching me with either you know one of those those head mics or, or earphones. And he says, "Come on, George, you got to be respectable." He spent a hundred bucks on sending me a Yeti mic. I've had it for years, <laughs> but that was something like out of the blue. It was in my mailbox, and I'm going, "Where? What is this?" And I called him to thank him, but he he would also edit. Um, I'm a much better writer now, but he would edit my posts. Hey, George, please, man, can you quit comma splicing? <laughs> can you put a period here every once in a while? And it was like something like that, where someone really takes an honest interest in, you know, in you, your business and your success. And that, that's just really a trip. Yeah. Well, the, the mastermind you mentioned that we were all in together, I think it was a great example of this where, you know, Bob was good at sales, Bob Britton, Grant was good at leads, and I was good at kind of fulfillment delivery. 
And, you know, I really wasn't good at sales and leads, not like them, not at all like them, you know? And so people like you who joined the group, I think everybody who came in had different skill sets. So initially you were maybe learning from me and Bob and Grant a little bit, right. For the first meeting or two or something, but pretty quickly it became stuff like that, where Tony's helping you, you're helping Sarah, Sarah's help, you know, everybody's helping everybody. And it's so nice because the things that I suck at that would take me so much mental, emotional energy and time, somebody else in the group is just like, oh yeah, you just do this. Here it is done. You know, so you were one of those, oh, George, don't sweat it. Here's how you do it. And then Bob would, would be on the sales, you know, George, you got to do a sales funnel and here's how you do it. And, you know, I'd fly up to Rochester in New York where he lives and he'd get this whiteboard and he'd just start, you know, come on, George, we can pull this off. And it was like, how, how much time would it have taken me by myself to figure that out? I mean, it's just not practical. No, no, it's not. Um, and this, you know, the, I'm not sure if the people listening to this are trying to build their own community. Is that the case usually? Uh, I mean, sometimes now, um, you know, like I mentioned while we were prepping, the, we do a lot of work with Buddy Boss. Mm-hmm. And Buddy Boss is a way to build membership sites, online course sites with a community aspect to it. And I want to say it's a good initial attempt in that direction. Um, and I think building a community in general is just really difficult unless you have a natural community and now the technology is supporting it. Um, Cause people it's like, Oh God, you know, I, can, I have so many places to log into and check that, you know, it, it's not, it's just not practical, but more and more as these tools become better and as people become more, I want to adept at the non-technical side, it, it, it is gaining a lot of momentum. Yeah, I think the community tools are getting better. Um, it makes me think of a conversation I had recently with Tracy where he was saying, and, and you've probably heard this too, it might have been Stu McLaren who really coined it, but people will come for the content and stay for the community. And and so I just wondered, yeah, a lot of the people on here, if they, you know, if they have a tool or like in a religious sense, it's a book, right, or a doctrine or something where people are really, they're coming for maybe the subject matter or the growth or the transformation. And then the community is like the sustaining aspect of that, right? Like, okay, you got, you got the vision, but to, to reach the destination, you're going to need help. You're going to need a group, right. To travel with. Um, but yeah, it's, it is interesting to see people try to start a community from scratch without like an organizing principle where they're like, Oh, Hey, I'm going to charge a bunch of people some amount of money to come be part of this community. Right. And that is a super hard sell because not only is it really difficult, but then you got to get them like all at the same time or it doesn't work and all this kind of stuff. I, I really do like it more where someone's built up a following based on some sort of product or service or idea, like central thing. And then the community maybe starts to form on its own or, or it's like, Oh, there's a potential for a community. And then you apply the tool to help facilitate it and it, it becomes robust, you know, and people are, are really interacting and helping each other efficiently versus like you're saying, having to log into multiple places or, or having a hard time accessing each other. So I, I feel like it's, you got to get a central theme going and then a little bit of it stirred up and then empower them with a bunch of tools. Um, and then it, just think of, um, I mean, to keep it really simple, if you set up a private Facebook group which is kind of the simplest, you know, and the easiest way to set up, you know, what I consider a community. Um, 
because I mean, assuming your audience is on Facebook and most cases it is, it ends up being a natural place for people to hang out anyway. So mm -hmm. because of that, then, it, you know, people don't have, well, how do I log into your portal? It's like, no, no, it just go into Facebook and go to my group. And, and that's kind of a natural thing. Uh, I think there's a lot of efforts to pull people out of there, but I'm a hundred percent with you. The community has to be around something else. Um, and it, matter of fact, just like the mastermind group, there was a point in the mastermind group where I probably learned as much as I was going to practically learn from the formal mastermind group. But the team that you guys had put together and the, you know, the number of relationships I had kept me in there much longer than I likely would have stuck around. And, and even to this day, I, I do a lot of business with uh, Sarah Laws, who's, who was, uh, you know, one of the people in that group. You know, we mentioned Tony, but there's three or four of these people that I, you know, bump into all the time. And it, it is unique in that we get each other's business much more so than anybody else. Uh, I mean, I can't talk to my wife. I can't talk to my brother who's in his own business because they just don't kind of get it. It's almost like when you start explaining stuff, their eyes kind of gloss over. Like I had no idea what he's talking about. Yeah. Yeah. And that's uh, when I first went to one of these and was like, wait, there's other nerds like me. I thought I was alone out here on the internet being weird, like learning HTML and all this kind of stuff. Um, but I, they're some of the funnest people. It makes me remember uh, like Jermaine Griggs, one of the early kind of guys and just, just like the smartest, nicest, like it's such a privilege to know yeah, kind no, of person. And he, and you would have never known it because he's a piano teacher. Yeah. And, and it's like the guy, what the guy did with your product was like, I don't think you guys ever dreamed that anybody would use that tool that way. No, no, he's a genius. And yeah, and yeah just the, what is it like the rising tide raises all the ships? I feel like that's what we all got to experience. You know, we were all just along for the ride. And at the time we were, I think, just slugging it out in our own ways. But looking back, it's like, wow, we were really, really blessed, you know? Yeah. 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 And, and it, yeah, you were blessed with this cutting edge tool sets and ideas that, you know, you kind of assumed everybody knew what they were doing, but we were all kind of just struggling to, mm -hmm. to figure it out. And, and, you know, just for example, Bob Britton. Can you imagine someone winning top marketer when what you run is an auto repair business? This right. is what, 2008, 2009. And he was billing people for their repairs before they showed up. He had their credit cards. I mean, he was doing stuff that you're kind of going in. An, if you can do this in an auto repair shop, you can do it anywhere. Mm -hmm. um, and, and, you know, again, Jermaine, he was teaching uh, he had an online piano teaching program and he had, he was messing with auto dialers. He, I remember when he was on stage explaining that he would do bogus calls, not bogus, but they were staged calls that were intended to get to people's voicemail. He didn't want to talk to people. He wanted to leave them a message as if he had called. And he said he tested it out on his grandmother and his grandmother called him back going, why the heck are you leaving me messages? Just call me back later. But uh, it, it was so authentic the way he did it that it, you know, he was automating personal interactions using the tools, which was like just phenomenal. 
Yeah, it was it was ridiculous. So talk about scaling a community, you know, the like having the tools and the tech and the intelligence to make each person feel like they have a personal connection, you know, really, really cool stuff. Um, yeah, thinking about the, like you said, the people, the technology, all the different things being right on the, the edge of that as these communities came online was really cool. Um, it's been interesting too, to see, you know, like you said, the Facebook group. So there's all these online communities and then when different communities have a live event and bring people together in person, right. Um, either for the first time or, or the annualized events, I, I don't know. I just think it's so interesting. COVID threw a wrench in that obviously. So seeing it come back this past year has been cool. Like a little, a little bit, uh, fewer people, but I think the people showing up are also more of the kind of aggressive, like diehards, you yeah. know, you, you know, it's interesting. You mentioned the whole COVID thing. So I've been a part of several church communities, men's groups. Mm-hmm. And when COVID hits, you know, we would meet, one group would meet every Monday. The other one group would meet every Friday. And the, I, I wasn't that involved at the time in the Friday group, but those guys very quickly started meeting on, on Zoom. And here is a group of guys that would meet every Friday, you know, coffee, donuts, that kind of thing. And then, you know, speakers and, you know, we're just trying to, you know, further our spiritual walk and, you know, stay close knit. And all of a sudden we're meeting on a Zoom call and we went from meeting 50 to 60 guys every Friday to 40 to 50 guys on Zoom every Friday. I mean, I just want to say the power of community, people need to be connected. And, you know, again, COVID put a stop to that. And when I saw them do it, I kind of told these guys, hey, I've got a Zoom line. Why don't we just try it out? And that group, the average age in that group is like, I'm a baby in that group. They're like in their mid seventies. We had a couple of guys that are almost 90 and, and then me on the bottom end in my fifties. And now we can't get these old guys off of zoom. You know, I mean, some of them are still scared of COVID, but others it's kind of like, this is really convenient. I don't have to leave my house to be in community. So it, it's amazing how that kind of forced, you know, the environment to, to figure out how do you do community because it's just something that everybody needs. Yeah. And it was interesting because initially I think a lot of people were like, Oh, it's just not the same online. It's not the same online. It's not as good as in person, but now it, people have, I guess, just gotten used to it. It's not like the technology got better. Zoom was already zoom, but people have just adapted and and now it's, it's so normal um, to have everything, you know, like you're saying uh, church support groups and things like that. And even I know a lot of, um, church programs are broadcast, you know, cause not everyone's coming in. And so it's just amazing to see it change, uh, and change so quickly. I think, especially for us internet marketers who initially saw it moving so slow and then for it to get like a five, 10 year boost all at once was kind of crazy. Yeah. I mean, it, 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 during COVID we helped a homeschool group that used to teach arts only in person at three schools in New Jersey, mm-hmm. go completely online from one semester to the next. And it was almost just a matter of survival, but they would never go back. Now, I mean, they're now meeting in person. I mean, you can't teach dance online very well, but um, but they're administering everything online. The meetings with the parents, a lot of the on, you know, so the community is now hybrid. Uh, we have another um, you know um, Bible um, kind of like a Bible study materials organization. And they've built, you know, a bunch of these challenges, similar to the marketing challenges that that you and I know about. And it's kind of like, you know, read the Bible in a year challenge. 
And, uh, and it's really taken on, you know, you get, you, you watch them start and within a month, they got six, 700 people. And it's like, wow. And, and, and that's a site that eventually will become a community, but they, they did kind of what you mentioned is let's get the content going and then let's let a community grow naturally out of it. Yeah. Yeah. That sounds Every time I feel like you see those that are the most successful, that's always what happened. You know, I, I don't know really of any where they just said it's a community from the beginning that probably existed, you know, back when they had speakers organizations and things like that, that were big, but I don't know if much of that's going on anymore in that format. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and by the way, the only one of my buddy boss projects that is only a community is a, a dating site for reformed Christians. Oh, interesting. Okay. <laughs> Go figure. And Aaron, when they approach me, it's like, no, no, we built a buddy boss site for dating. And it's like, really? And so we, we took it over and we've helped them enhance it. We're going to be working up with wish list on that one, but it's like, go figure. And it ends up that we, just because of my background and everything, we've just attracted a lot of church types that are doing some really ambitious stuff using the tools and the potential for a community. That's really cool. Uh, a dating site definitely does make more sense for like just a natural community type thing. Um, it makes me think probably some of the tech you're making in that dating site could be used for businesses like putting together accountability partners or matchmaking yes. for, you know, it's cool. It's really cool. Yeah. And I'm kind of going, there's enough reformed Christians to fill up a site. And it's like, oh yeah, I just, that was kind of a blind spot in my Christian community. It's like, really go figure. And uh that one's doing really well. So Tracy and I are working on that one a little bit. <laughs> cool. That's awesome. So, um, well, um, hey, Micah, thank you so much for joining me. Um, we've had our discussion on community. Um, I, I want to thank you for, for joining me and for the years of mentoring. Your products continue to be kind of crucial to our business. Yeah, man. Well, thank you for always being such a good friend. And it's always good to see you. Very good. Hey, um, have a good one. You've been listening to the Let's Talk Community podcast with George Diaz. To subscribe to this program or find other marketing resources for your business, visit us at www.celebratingrelationships.com. That's www.celebratingrelationships.com. Thanks for listening.